0: And welcome to Stationary Adjacent, a podcast at the intersection of analog and digital productivity. I'm Justin Twyford, and joined, as always, by my friend and co-host, Stu Lennon. Hey, Stu. Please tell me the Mediterranean's nice and warm this week. Um, the Mediterranean, it is quite warm. Yes, it has been quite clement, although
1: there has been, I don't know if you've heard of this stuff, a rain. Uh, there's been water falling from the sky on occasion. Even even forcing me to curtail a
0: round of golf. <gasps> oh. What about you? I assume it's still sunny and warm in Canada. Oh, we we had the water from the sky, um, but we had it frozen. And oh. it's heavy. And I've got over a foot of snow at the moment. It all came down over the weekend. Friday, it started snowing. And, well, it hasn't stopped. I don't think I'll see my grass until spring now. It's its brutal. It's heavy. I'm tired, Stu. Oh, you've closed the roof on the convertible, presumably. Jeez, you wouldn't believe it. I, I mean, we still had, uh, you know, stuff out in the garden that got covered in snow. And yeah, it was just so unexpected. Uh, you know, a little bit of snow you kind of expect. We didn't even get any frost this year. We just got dumps of snow. Uh, now you're gonna love this uh we had a low of minus 12 celsius overnight and our high today is minus two. Oh, burr do you, uh, do you have a spare uh, guest room i can come and spend the winter in <laughs> please and uh, any time yes we've got
1: we've got uh well i mean given your sort of conditioning you can probably just sit on the balcony you'll be fine um, but yes, yes. Uh, any, any time you can be, become one of those snowbirds. I went on holiday once to, uh, Mexico, uh, thinking it was terribly exotic and forgetting that it was very, very adjacent to, well, the rest of North America, should we say. Um, and I kept bumping into these elderly Canadians and, oh, you know, we would, we would talk to each other and we hi, how are you doing? And I would say, and, and so, you know, what are you guys doing down here? And they would say, we're snowbirds. Mm. And I go, I'm sorry, you're what? Snowbirds. Uh, and every every winter, they would basically fly south
0: <laughs> go and hang out in Mexico for, I don't know, three months. We have uh, a lot of our neighbors up here are retired. Uh, we are actually considered one of the younger neighbors. Go figure. Um, mm-hmm. Tells you a lot about the neighborhood. We have one small family with kids and that's it. But um, the neighbors all fly and travel and go warm places. And I kind of understand why now. (laughs) This snow, man. It is. It's brutal. It it just really, really hit me. Talk about brutal stuff. I sent you a couple of pictures, so I'm sure you uh, saw how wonderful it is. Thank God for four-wheel drive on my truck. (laughs) Anyway, let's get into the podcast. What's uh, new with the follow-up or uh, anything you wanted to talk about? Oh yeah, follow-up. We had
1: uh, we had a weird and wacky, or not weird and wacky. Um I was just uh
0: checking out Nero's Notes,
1: actually, just to see what was going on.
0: I've heard of that place. It sells notebooks. Yes. Go get yourself some notebooks, Nero's Notes.co.uk. Thank you very
1: much. Uh, and we run it through uh Shopify, a very well-known Canadian app. And um I the, when when an order comes through uh with a comment, there's a little mark put on it. And I, it just caught my eye because usually that means it's a subscription. I said, "Oh, well, let's have a look at that." Uh, and imagine my delight when I found the following. Yeah, this is my best radio announcer voice. I Love both the stationery adjacent and eighteen fifty seven podcasts. The three of you are completely unlike me, except for a love of stationery. But I've been captivated by both shows. The platform I listen with doesn't support ratings or reviews. I suppose I could open up iTunes, but eh. Uh, so consider this my support. Hope both continue well into the future. And that was from Diane G uh, in Massachusetts, which I think is is that's the civilized part of North America, isn't it?
0: That is. That's uh, probably about halfway between you and me. Right, splendid. Well,
1: Judge uh, uh, made a lovely order, which is now winging its way to because Claire, of course, is. Uh, the picture of efficiency. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, splendid. So y- you and TJ get a get a little nod and, and I get some business. I think that's a fantastic way forward.
0: Mm-hmm. Thanks, Dan. appreciate it. That's lovely to hear. Uh, what about you, JC? What have you got? Well, I've got my fingers crossed at the moment. Third time's a charm, right, is what they say. Um, let's get back to a technologically sound podcast. Otherwise, to hell with apple i'm switching to windows <laughs> boy have we had some brutal brutal editing for me um yeah last week uh, Stu's internet died right in the middle of recording which is why you had that weird um dismount from me after 10 minutes of going back and forth trying to get a hold of Stu. who well i i had wondered if uh, Cypress have fallen into the sea. So, anyway, we're back. Hopefully, this time everything goes well. Touch wood. You probably can't hear that because I'm going to probably edit that out because that's what I do. But yeah, oh, what a frustrating couple of remind me why we use a product that we do, Stu. It's because they're reliable, (laughs) right? Well, I mean,
1: in fairness, in in this part of the world, um, everything is a little bit like that. So, occasionally I will i uh, be doing some washing. Um, I work from home and I work in the basement and behind me is is the laundry room. And suddenly I will hear the washing machine laboring and that's because they've turned the water off in the village. <laughs> Why? Nobody knows. Um, but it usually lasts for half a day or a day. Um, and it might be because somebody is building, you know, further up the pipe or down the pipe. Bu- I don't know. It just, just goes the same with electricity. Uh, uh, internet all the time, and um, I, I remember—I think I probably told you about this. I was the first in the village here, where, for reasons I don't understand, we're quite fortunate in that the big fibre came up the mountain road. And if you go sort of two or three villages above me, you get to a village which is very popular with politicians. So I'm thinking that that might have something to do with it, but. Um, I got fiber and we got offered, you know, all sorts of levels of fiber. And I just said, give me all the fiber, I'll have it all. Um, so I think I get a gig, a gigabyte up and down is, is the theory. Um, and there was this whole thing about them putting the the cable up and then, you know, giving me a special line into the house and all of that stuff. And then I was walking the dog, or dogs, um, and then I, I suppose about Uh, Half a kilometre behind me, uh, there are two houses that have been built up on the lane there. And the guy uh, said, oh, yeah, I wanted to ask you, um, is it okay if the seat the telephone people, um, come into your property? They need to run uh, a line off. And so essentially I thought, oh, okay, they're they're pinching a bit of my my cable, basically. My fibre is going up there because... You know, you get contention, that's how it works. And I'm like, yeah, yeah okay. And then I, I noticed it about a week later, just poking out of the ground well, <laughs> was just just a little cable. And it looked like it had, you know, maybe five or six cables inside the cable. Um, and this wasn't an installation or anything. It was just like a little bit of cable. And it had been connected with one of those little connector blocks and they'd <laughs> wrapped some. Some tape around it, and about two days later, it disappeared. Hmm. And I'm fairly certain that they've they've somehow or other just run a little line up through the we call it the Bondu. It's a, it's a wasteland. They have just run it up through that, and and his his telephone and TV and everything is reliant entirely upon that, unless of course a dog or a fox digs it up. Um, it's, it's it is the Cyprus way. I mean, my water main is a what you would call a hose pipe. Ooh, and so every now and again, um, uh, we we just had had it recently, uh, where three or four little leaks appeared and it started to sort of fountain, fountaining water. Uh, it was my side of the the meter, so I'm, I'm pretty. I just turned it off, cut out a bit of hose pipe, fixed it back in, put it back in. Boom, done. Uh, and that's that's how it works here. It's you know you think I, I think of it as quite primitive, but actually. It's pretty decent. It's user serviceable and in, in, in the most part. Um and if you see a leak you just fix it.
0: Hmm. I'd have to dig up driveways to get to mine, so. Yeah, exactly. Not quite user serviceable. Mhm. I don't have any hose pipes outside at the bottom up because they freeze. <sighs> yeah, that's not not an issue here. I mean, I was just uh, listening to you.
1: You said something about a maximum of minus 2, which which seems mm. Well, I'm looking at my, my, my weather forecast is, 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 is talking about weather. Um, it's talking about rain. Rain? that To be silly, surely. Uh, I'm just looking at the temperature. The temperature is 13 degrees. <laughs> um, I hate you. Um, I'm just trying to work out a minimum. No, oh, sorry, 13
0: degrees is the minimum. Yeah. I'm sitting right now at a balmy minus 11. (laughs) And with the temperature, it it feels like minus 15, according to my weather app. Yay! Uh, I'm looking at the daily forecast. uh, Minus 12, minus 10, minus 9. Oh, we got a warm day. Minus 7, minus 8, minus 8. Oh, and snow coming next week, too. Yay! Excellent.
1: Oh, it sounds lovely. Ah uh, well, I shall put my my plans for visiting Canada back another six months. Good idea all right, sue. So what's your tool of the week? uh my tool of the week was uh well um what what you and I would call preferences, but what we're now being told we should call settings
0: oh yes, you've upgraded, so you have the the new mess on your computer called settings <laughs> I do indeed um, and I was in a
1: little bit of a sort of tailspin about my apps and what I was using, we touched on it last week, I think, um, and I was getting very very excited about one called paper, which is a very, very pretty pretty app um, and also a very ambitiously priced one. Um, so what I ended up doing actually was just going back into all of the apps that I've used and the various I've various options for everything that I do, and I've sort of gone back to some old favorites and thought, well, could I make them more? attractive to the way I like to work. Can I, you know, tweak this and tweak that? Uh, Which you do through preferences or as it's now called settings. And yep, lo and behold, it's like having new apps. Just by turning things on, turning things off, changing the themes, changing the colors. I'm going, wow, this is brilliant. This is lovely. Um, So I've been writing like a mad thing. I've been spewing out words left, right and center. Um, I'm back in Ulysses, which is um, available through Setup, if anybody is using that. Uh, I'm back in Obsidian, which you know we've uh, well we've talked about enough, but it's still I think Obsidian is still free in theory, um, and so all of my my work uh, is in folders on my device, <laughs> backed up, accessible, easy. Ah, I feel like I've come back from the wilderness, Justin. Mm. I have thoughts about setups, apps too. Oh no, <laughs> dear! Mm. Uh, is is this something to do with? timing it was it, is it mm, no I, i'll let you know
0: so i use several key productivity tools for work through setup okay i throw the money every month and theoretically things work oh. this isn't in the show notes so Stu doesn't know any idea of what's coming here no. i'm i'm learning with you listener friday was it friday last week It was one day, either last week or early this week, I tried to launch a couple of things and none of it worked. One of those has been a mail client that I use through Setapp that is for some of the work emails that I need to check. Couldn't open it. Setapp's default is if it cannot verify you are an active subscriber. It defaults to not letting you open everything. Mm-hmm. Anything on their service, which sucks. Sorry, it sucks. There's no other way to go. I uninstalled SetApp, I reinstalled SetApp, I rebooted, I tried everything I possibly could. I opened my other machine, couldn't access any of the apps through there as well the app opened set up on my computer here wouldn't open my other machine it opened but none of the apps were accessible i emailed setup support and got this beautiful uh rec- or recorded message type of thing that comes back and says we'll get back to you within 72 hours um now in their defense within a i was gonna say they are in ukraine with they somebody did get back to me in about half an hour uh i also tweeted them and complained about it as well Uh, i'm basically it was a, a oh it's on your computer send me this diagnostic send you that diagnostic oh it was a corrupt database on your computer you know i i don't know how much to believe on this one. I tweeted it out. Other people were saying, Hey, I'm having the same problem. So, uh, maybe there was an upgrade that went wrong. Maybe, I, I don't know what it was. Mm. The default to null scares the heck out of me. We talk about not being able to get your stuff. Um, I couldn't even open clean my Mac, which apparently my, I had purchased it at one point, but I guess when I set up the last computer, I used the setup version because mm-hmm. just easier. Um, so I'm, I'm actually rethinking my whole setup thing because if the default, if you can't figure it out, should be open it up and give you a warning. Not, hey, sorry, mate. Uh, you know, you've taken my money. I-, I need it to work. I can't be messing around when I'm supposed to be working and doing important things. Um, I can't be messing around for a couple of hours trying to fix a program that uh, corrupted the database on one machine, yet it affected my other machine too. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of rethinking the whole setup thing. I, I have a to-do item of uh, let's take a look at this and see how much each one of these apps are that I really use and consider what my choices are because i'm particularly scared of setup now after that
1: mm. no understandably so i mean uh as you say it's it's always worth looking at anyway and just reviewing what you use and um you know what value you're getting them. I and i think at the moment that would be that would be quite a painful thing for me to look at uh, because ulysses on its own is quite an expensive app mm-hmm. um and then yeah clean my mac is another one that i use some of the other ones i could probably live without i think i do use some of their apps because they're there and because i've paid for them as it were like iStat menus is all very interesting exciting but you know i can live without it you know i
0: yeah i think i've got licenses for like a lot of those things kicking around that have to go to the bottom of my email list and look for the license keys and stuff like that but sure it's it it would be a pain, but I, I, I'm really uncomfortable with this default to you know, they're in the Ukraine. Stuff's happening in the Ukraine. Sure. What what happens, you know, when the default is it won't even open the apps. So that that's really scary. You know, I've got email locked away that I can't access because of a technical side with their subscription service sure pretty scary stuff anyway yeah a uh, bit of a rant over <laughs> i just thought i'd throw that out there for anybody considering that you know Stu and I, Stu has particularly uh spent a lot of time with uh note-taking apps to make sure he has his stuff and i'm just kind of suggesting that uh, we we all kind of look at that not just for uh, you know where is your document, where are your documents stored? But where is everything? Where is the access to your program stored as well? Because apparently if it's stored offline, you have a problem. Mm, Indeed. What about you then? What was your tool of the week? Oh, my tool of the week, I was reprioritizing because it snowed all week. Big, big fluffy flakes, inches and inches. I've had to move Well, feet of this stuff. Um, I've got, I've probably got a good foot left, but we've had a couple of days over the weekend when uh, we cleaned up and then it warmed up and melted some. And, you know, it's, it's, it's still, still cold. Uh, So one of the things that happens is that you now have to reprioritize everything that you do because if you have family that have doctor's appointments, somehow somebody's going to have to leave the house, which means that one has to clean the snow off the driveway. Uh, and that is time consuming. You know, it takes me, even with the snowblower, a good hour to clean the stuff. Uh, and then I have the battle with this wonderful guy that drives up and down my street, uh, dumping all of the snow from the street onto my driveway. Oh, hate that guy. I, I mean, I know he's doing a good job. He's cleaning and sanding and all the rest of that. But uh, those loads that he puts back onto my driveway I, are another hour of heavy lifting. But it so it's been another task added to my workload this week. Um, that has focused me on reprioritizing, looking at what's essential because you know certainly. I've been snowed in at home, especially when there's, you know, key medical appointments going on. Mm-hmm. Those are things that you've got to deal with. So it's been a, a good lesson for me in how to look at my time and what I had planned and allow for that flexibility, uh, which I think is what we're going to talk a little bit about later in the show and changing your perspective. For sure. So I had a lot of that this week. All right. Well, that's Good. You chose this topic, Stu. Did you curse me into the snow? <laughs> <laughs> well, but
1: I'm not sure I cursed you into the snow. I mean, no. no me? Surely not.
0: Uh, what pen and ink have you been using? You know, I still am using... The same pens and inks i'm using uh, my pelican m200 that i've got in a green color i've got my uh, leonardo galaxy prime with a nice blue ink in it and i've got my benu angel hair with a, a brown ink and i'm absolutely loving these three pens. It's, it's a bit of combination of everything and I'm just really, really enjoying it. Um, luckily none of them have run out yet because then I'll have that decision of what do I want to do? But it's just gorgeous. I, 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 am really not a color guy. Uh, you know, I'm, I, I, I kind of, you know, Stu could tell you that, uh, I dress in a black t-shirt most days. Um, so getting anything with this kind of color is unlike me, but it's lovely how about you Stu? what are you writing with
1: uh well very similar actually in so far as i'm i've gone down a little little color sort of rabbit hole so i've got my grown-up sailor pro gear that's the um sunset over blue ocean or something it's red and blue and very nice lovely pen filled with blue black um diamine excellent that's that's grown-up pen of the week But then I also have my Pelican M600. This is the vibrant orange. So this really is a bright pen. It's beautiful. Uh, And I filled it with um, a diamine music ink. So I've got that set. And so I thought I'd go for a bit of Strauss, you know, a little bit of Waltz, perhaps, you know, Blue Danube, that sort of gear. Uh, And it's a a, a reddy pink. It's lovely. Ah, so it's a Blue Danube. Well, a, a pink Danube, almost, yes. Um, well, I sort of thinking it's like, that doesn't make sense. And it clashes horribly. I mean, orange, pink. Uh, my wife would be, would well, my wife would probably think I was dressed for golf. But um, <laughs> it's it's lovely. I, I'm really quite enjoying it. Uh, and then, and this is the big news, after, after several conversations that we've had of late, um, back in the pocket notebook. So I got my... Kaweco Brass Sport, which is kind of my my default pocket pen because I've run over it several times in a BMW SUV um, with only the BMW getting damaged. Uh, and it's it's great. It's great to be taking little pocket notes again. This has got, um, I just randomly dipped for a cartridge and it's got a sort of a bright green cartridge. Um, I've got a smell of brass on my fingers and yeah, a tent peg
0: in my pocket. It's brilliant. All right, so if we're going to go down the deep, dark, stationary. What Pocket Notebook, and more importantly, where are you going and how are you using it? Okay, so the Pocket Notebook
1: is a, a storyboard by a company called Endless, who are out of India and still, uh, certainly in this notebook, still use Tomoe. So it's proper ink-friendly paper. It's a dot-grid notebook, black cover, quite nondescript. Um, and I'm just looking at it. This was my 20, it was my third notebook of night of 2022. And I started it on the 29th of June, Um, and it's still going now in November, which gives you an idea of how much I haven't been using it. Mm -hmm. Um, what was the last thing I wrote in it? Uh, that would have been this morning. Um, I say this with no context. So US midterms seem widely accepted to be a result for the Democrats in that they're expected to be wiped out. Uh, the House of Representatives will be Republican and the Senate looks 50-50. Hardly a ringing endorsement, is it? That's, that was my note for the morning. Um, and well, obviously by the time this
0: goes out, news will have moved on. But uh, just yeah, capturing a thought as I have it. Mm. So you're just carrying it around the house, or are you making a point of going and sitting in a coffee shop, looking at the beach? Oh, well, I haven't been doing that. No,
1: um, it did come out uh, onto the golf course with me, uh, but I was well. I was quite busy playing golf, so uh, it sort of came back with me afterwards. <laughs> that's it's had a nice trip out, but nothing happened.
0: Yeah, that's kind of the way a lot of my trips with my pocket notebooks go. Goes in my pocket because I carry one everywhere and never gets pulled out. Interesting. Uh, congratulations on getting back to the pocket notebook carry. That's the plan. I'm going to try and make a note every day. I'll mm. be interested. Well, with your big nib pens, your big handwriting, that shouldn't take long at all. <laughs> yes.
1: yes, I do have some sort of, actually, you'd be surprised. I'll, I'll maybe send you a photo later. I can't. I haven't written that small for a long time. I'm using a medium nib on the on the Kaweko and God, I mean that's that was quite a big long note, and it was only half a page.
0: Wow! Well, yeah, I'll get you into a Japanese needle yet. <laughs> Absolutely, I, I'm writing with a fork. All right, our topic this week: uh, how to change your perspective to change the outcome. Stu, you your first comment. Let's talk about it. It it, it is the perfect answer to how to change your perspective. Um,
1: My initial comment was was quite simply, take up golf. Uh, That's how you change your perspective. Uh, There are so so many wonderful quotes um, about golf. Um, Churchill had one uh, which talked about, um, you know, trying to hit a ball into a hole using instruments. Um, clearly designed to do something else. There are times when I um, know how to play golf. I don't know why that would be. It's practice, I guess. And I stand there and I can do no wrong. And there are other times where, you know, I swing a golf club and I look like an octopus falling out of a tree. Uh, there are just, you know, limbs going everywhere, bits of metal, balls. And, and it, golf taught me quite early on is that there are times where you just have to go right my objective with this shot is to hit the ball um and there are other times when i can say okay i'm going to hit a soft draw into the pin use that wind to bring it round," um but i have to change my perspective with golf because it humbles you very very quickly and one of my catchphrases when I come off a golf course, people always people say, oh, good game. And I always reply, "Yep, yeah, not bad. Nobody died. <laughs> um, because, I mean, partly because I play with a guy who's in his mid-70s who's had, uh, he's had a heart attack. He's had a brain tumor. Um, that he's got, um, he's got a very lovely little notch cut out of his ear, um, which uh, was all to do with melanoma. So the, You know, the skinned guy went, yeah, I don't like the look of that. We'll have that out. Um,
0: Which is a risk, I guess, with, you know, sunlight and stuff. Good thing you don't get any of that. (laughs) Well, he
1: and I were were sitting down having a coffee after a game. And I said, well, we can't tell people that. We need to come up with a better story. So we have a range of stories that he can tell when people ask him, do you mind um, me asking, you know, what happened to your ear? And the one that's doing the rounds at the moment is, um, have you heard of Sabretetage? no. It's not
0: English. <laughs> no, it's, it's when you open a bottle of champagne with uh, a sword. Ah, I've seen that done around here, actually. In fact, yep. some of the local vineyards that specialize in bubbly do actually sell the swords as well. There you go,
1: you see. So um, we, we tell the story that um, the, the cork was, was squarely hit by the sword, flew out, bounced off the wall, whizzed past his ear, taking a chunk of it with him. Um, and that he, you know, he, he got away very lightly just with a little <laughs> notch taken out of the ear. We've got several others that involve bullets and things, but um, he's, he's probably the reason that when I finish, I go, yep, not bad, nobody died. Because the day will come one day, I suspect, when I will come in and say, not bad apart from so-and-so dying. Because um, <laughs> I do play with quite a, quite a lot of older guys. Oh, God.
0: That's a depressing <laughs> thought, isn't it? I'm just actually looking at my backyard and thinking, you know, I do believe golf season is done. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, um, On also golf Twitter, oh, we haven't touched on Twitter. Sorry. Uh, on golf Twitter, there's a lot of North American uh, guys, as you might expect, um, who are all now sort of retreating to their, their garage setups where they have, you know, nets set up and range, uh, find a ball flight monitors and there's all sorts of tech now i mean you can play pebble beach without ever leaving your your garage um but yeah there's this sort of sadness in their tweets as the, as the, sort of, the year comes to the i'm going to go and play in the dark now in my garage so is this still golf twitter or is this golf mastodon now oh i i had a look at mastodon oh, i don't God. know five years ago um and uh i mean it's it's um well, it's an unholy mess, to be honest. <laughs> um,
0: I got as far as pick your server, and I went, "What the actual?" Yeah, no, that's not going to happen. No, no, I,
1: I did them. Mm, I did that, and then got there. Um, you know, there's lots
0: of alternatives out there, and and uh, none of them work. And I was I was considering joining the uh, furries uh, server just because I thought that would be a laugh and uh, I don't think it would take itself as seriously as Twitter does. But
1: yeah, but it doesn't make it, it doesn't make any difference, Justin. It doesn't matter what server you're on. Huh. You, you still can follow. I mean, if you're on one server and I'm on another, you still follow me, and I get to follow you. Mm. So you end up with a very similar experience, but it's. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't know what's going to happen. I imagine that at some point uh, somebody will just quietly go up and, and slip him something and say, right now, on, go, go and play with your Rockets and um, and start managing it properly.
0: <laughs> we're not going to go Twitter. Because that, that, just, no, we're not going to. Back to our topic, Stu. <laughs> Let's get back. Indeed, all right. So
1: there's my golfy thing. So where did, where did, where does this apply to
0: you then? Change your perspective to change your outcome. Oh for, for me, I, well, it wasn't. It wasn't that. It was back to the snow. I guess. Really thinking about it this week, um, it added a a task, a demand on my time, and even worse, an interruption. And when you, I'm not sure if you're quite as bad as me, Stu. Having unscheduled interruptions that you, A, don't enjoy. um, Shoveling snow, hard work, freezing cold, uh, miserable. uh, Yeah, just not entirely what I would consider a pleasurable interruption. uh, All of a sudden created, well, other demands on my time. Things that I had planned for this time now had to get pushed because I had to go and dig out the the cars because it was a medical appointment. And it just really screwed up my day and looking at my perspective, I came back in and I was in a grumpy mood. I think it was a nice way to put it. Um, getting frustrated at the snow, the lousy winter here, the decision to move here. uh, They all went through my head. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, including that. Can I move? Can I afford to move to Cyprus? And then, would I be doing that alone? Cause my wife sure wouldn't move with me. <laughs> uh, I I can't change any of that, accepting what it is, reframing my perspective on that. I, I live in a mountainous area. Um, you know, I will get snow. It's not going to schedule itself nicely with me. I just kind of have to deal with that. Um. You know, I I look at the other things that I have, you know, uh, uh, fresh fruit and uh, things that grow in the summer and all of the nice things that come trying to change my perspective so that I didn't, I didn't get upset. I I was grumpy for a little bit, but I kind of thought about it. I came, sat down, thought about it when, you know, it is a unwanted cost of living here. But I can let it control me. I can let it set off my day, put me in a lousy mood, make me feel pressured, or I can just say, you know what, it is what it is, and try to change my perspective on the thing that I can't change to just embrace that it is and move on and reschedule my day to make the most of it. Um, you know, for me, I, I even embrace this snow thing enough that I dug a path to the middle of my lawn, uh, my back, my back lawn. I dug out my fire pit. I dug another path out to my, I've got a little stand where I keep all my firewood. I was minus 10 the other night and I had a roasting fire going. It was absolutely lovely sitting outside in the full moon, the, uh, trees covered in snow were glowing orange. It was just glorious. Hmm. But that was me changing my perspective on this entire nightmare. That is, oh, I'm just going to stay inside and I'm going to sulk because I didn't get this amount of stuff that I want to do done today. Sure. So really, that that was kind of how it hit me this week when I was thinking about the topic. Is yeah, you really it's it's a mind shift. You have to. Look at things and change the way that your mind is processing things.
1: Absolutely. I mean, yeah, in effect, you're living in a Christmas card. But, you know, as a a kid, I would have been looking at, (laughs) look at that guy. It's amazing. Look at all that snow. And we've got a fire in the middle. We can sit around and, you know, you can roast marshmallows or whatever one does around a fire. Sounds lovely. Um, It's as you get old and grumpy that you realize that somebody has to clear the path to the to the, the fire bit and mm-hmm. to the word and that somebody is almost certainly me mm. and, and at that point it's blah. but yeah i i think you're you're what they call an accidental stoic justin that's what you are man mm-hmm. it's um that's the stoic view of things so i i try and be stoic um as in sort of um the, the word stoic i think is a bit misunderstood i i don't mean that i'm sort of somber or um defeatist or um <laughs> lackluster in any way um stoicism is a philosophy came out of greece around about the time all the other philosophies came out of greece um and uh, i suppose the modern champion of it is a guy called ryan holiday um so have a look at his website The daily Stoic, and read his books he's written a whole load of books um a lot of which are based on stoicism And central to that really is that there's a whole load of things that go on in the world, very few of which I can control. Mm -hmm. So what a Stoic would say is, well, can I control this? If the answer to that is no, then don't worry about it. Because all you can do is control how you react to what has happened. You have control over how you feel about things. And uh, one of the the most famous Stoics was a guy called Epictetus, who was a slave. Um, And therefore, I think it's fair to say, probably had more to worry about than Justin (laughs) I, but who sort of developed this ability to say, okay, so I'm a slave. I can't make decisions about A, B, or C. What I can do is decide how I'm going to react to A, B, or C. And, um, I, I find that very powerful. So when life, um, as it does slaps me in the chops, I, I, try and sort of sit back and go, okay, this is disappointing, but it's not actually something I can control. So how am I going to react to this? Um, and, and the one that I, I often use, I don't know where this phrase comes. It's probably an Irish proverb. I mean, isn't everything an Irish proverb, but, um, I choose to like the weather I get because I don't always get the weather I'd like. Um, and and that's, that's stoicism. I mean, my wife looks at me as if I'm mad. She goes, well, have you seen the weather forecast? i yes. So well, there's a 50% chance it's going to rain? Yes. That also means there's a 50% chance it's not going to rain. Well, what are you going to do if it rains? you get wet. I do. It's, to me, it seems very straightforward. And I think that's how you have to be with, you know, weather like the weather you're getting, I guess, is largely predictable. You know, at some point during the winter, you're going to get a load of the white stuff. Um, and you're not going to need a gym membership because you're going to be out there building your muscles in the snow, moving it around just <laughs> in time for a guy to come down the, the
0: road and move it all back for you. <laughs> It was actually funny. I got uh, an Apple workout notification the other day. I've got the the new fancy Apple watch with the uh, GPS. And and it showed me my outside walk that I was doing. Um, And I could see exactly where I was cleaning each one of my driveways and the side deck and walking around to the back deck of my house. Um, And I could see exactly the path that I'd taken. Uh, so yes, Apple Apple gets it right. It was quite funny, but yeah, uh, it is it is one of those things. Not a whole lot you can do about it. True. Sure. I was kind of trying to think about it in terms of I, I'm not, I'm not a big stoic. You know, I've I've got a couple of the Ryan Holiday books and. They just haven't landed with me. You know, maybe it's because I don't have the, what is it, the medallion that uh, (laughs) speaks Latin (laughs) to me. Um, But it's like I read them, I've read them a couple of times and I've kind of read them and gone, well, yeah. Uh, But nothing has really changed it. Maybe it's just because Stoicism is, well, well talked about and uh, it's probably like a lot of things. I just don't understand enough. Uh, but I was kind of thinking of some of the things that I could do to change my perspective. Mm-hmm. And I, I went back a little further than Ryan holiday. I, I went back to Stephen Covey who said, seek first to understand. And I think if I've got an issue, s- understanding before reacting is really really important. Understanding that the weather is the weather, and there's very little you can do about it. If somebody upsets you, understanding that it is their perspective that they are reacting to. It's it's never about me. It's always about something else. And I think by trying to switch my mindset to look at all viewpoints, to look at the other viewpoints. Yes, it's snowing. Yes, somebody's having a bad day. Somebody's done this. It's very easy to look and understand the other side and then reframe what I'm thinking. I also thought it was really important to refocus on your big picture goals. This one particularly for me hit me on Friday when we had the biggest dump of snow because it affected my schedule. And that is one of those triggers for me that drives me nuts. I've got this to do, I've got this to do, I've got this to do. And looking at those things and saying, okay, well, what are the big picture goals? What do I really need to do? What is the most pressing? What can actually be put off until Monday? Really change that, you know. What are the big picture goals that I had to do? The big picture goals for me was really there was not that much that needed to be done, need to be done at some point, but it wasn't like the world was going to stop or you know, Twitter Blue wasn't going to launch because I didn't push the button. It was very simply that I had focused myself on I'm going to do this on this day and. You know, I would suggest that perhaps if you're listening to us talk productivity, you may also be this kind of person. You have it in your mind, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this. And when you refocus, you look at your big picture stuff, most of these little things, they really aren't that big of a deal. So that kind of leads to the conclusion of me, don't sweat the small stuff. Just let it be. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, One of the, one of the big things that's, I like to remind myself to do when I'm faced with something that I don't like is breathe, just breathe. And you know, maybe Stu and I can do an episode on uh, breath work and meditation and, you know, some simple things on there, but just taking some deep, steady breaths, count to 10 and just breathe. And it's amazing how just breathing and giving yourself a bit of space from that emotional reaction will help you come back to normal and look at things with a slightly different perspective. Oh, yeah. uh, Stu, you're a meditator. You, you I'm assuming you kind of have a practice like this where breathing is is a great way to sort of refocus yourself.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think... Um, again, there's a million and one ways of of doing this quote, but um, the the gap between stimulus and response is choice. So, as you say, when something happens that you know grates you or makes you angry, if you are able just to take a breath before you respond, that gives your, your sort of, you know, conscious mind, it gives it that little moment to go, okay, this person's upset about this or that, or, um, and not react and escalate. It allows you to become, I think, a peacemaker It allows you to not let things bother you, bug you, um, or, or or even enslave you, you know, anger or any of those sort of powerful emotions, they, they can take over. And the ability to say, okay, I'm just going to take a breath is incredibly powerful. And that's why they call meditation a practice, because you, you have to practice it. Um, my response, if, if I feel you know, threatened or um, intimidated or angered, is to react strongly and rapidly. Um, that's kind of how I'm built. But actually, that is almost never the right thing to do. The right thing to do is to think, to take a little moment to go, okay, what, what's happening here and what, is, what about this is me, what's in my control and what is about the other person and what's in their control. Um, but yeah, I, I try to meditate every day. Um, just, I do 10-minute I practices, um, but I also try during the day just to take a little moment. Uh, every now and again, particularly if I'm feeling that sort of stress level rising. Just say, okay, I'm just, just going to take a little moment here. I'm just going to breathe. I'll maybe go and sit on the couch and cuddle a dog. I'm lucky enough to have a <laughs> couple of dogs here, which um, I think there's no, no finer meditation than
0: stroking a dog. Mm-hmm. Unless you're messing up her hair and then she gets all snappy, but that's just mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jack Russell's aren't, aren't too worried about that sort of thing. The princesses. Uh, another thought that I had is understand where the threat comes from. A lot of your perspective, the reactions you get come from you feeling threatened and often it's quite often. I'll call it a misheld belief. It's something that we have an internal belief. I need to do this. Uh, It's a threat to your reputation, to the standing, your view of yourself. I was actually thinking about this the other day. I was watching some YouTube videos uh, of bikers and something I've seen a lot. You you know, you ride with a, a group of Harley riders and you're, you're going to get a car that does something because they haven't seen the biker. They're not looking for them. They're, they're driving their own way, usually quite carelessly. Maybe they've got a phone in their hands, which is, you know, sort of a, a common problem. They'll generally cut somebody off. They'll drive in front of them. They'll pull out. Two ways you can look at it. I, and I've seen all kinds of bikers, uh, some of them that will drive past and smash the wing mirror off a car because you need to be taught an example and others that will just kind of look at it and expect that people aren't looking for bikers and that you need to be extremely defensive. Mm. That difference in the reaction, where does that threat come from? Well, you know, I'm a biker, you need to be looking out for me. Is is a huge part of a self-belief, likely misheld belief too, because you know, at the end of the day, a biker and a car runs in w- to each other. Which one is gonna win? It is not the biker. So, you know, you just have to look at your yourself in that. And I think that has been one of the things as an example that just has helped me kind of reframe myself and and look at it and say, you know. It doesn't matter if I'm right, uh, running into a car, I'm still going to be the one dead. So coming, understanding where that threat comes from, looking at that misheld belief and trying to deal with it. And finally, just accept the situation because, you know, like the snow, most things can't be changed immediately. So getting frustrated won't help. Just accept it and move on.
1: Sure. And the one I was going to add was um, there's been some some sort of stuff going on in my life would be overstating it, but adjacent to my life that has been a little bit awkward, a little bit difficult. I'm not quite sure how to handle it. None of it really is in my control, but it's been, it's been stressing me. It's been affecting me uh, perhaps more than, than I would have expected it to. Um, and you know, the way that you sort of change your perspective there, and I, we we touched on this last week, is, uh, you know, you, you phone a friend or you have a coffee with a friend or um, in in the, in the modern world, you perhaps jump on a group FaceTime with a couple of friends
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and you, you get them to change your perspective. Not intentionally, of course, but just by talking something through, uh, talking about how you're feeling, which is, you know, uh, with with three men, that's brilliant, because none of us have got a clue how to do that. We're learning as we go. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's, I, I think, very important, particularly, you know, and use that phrase, in the modern world, uh, you know, with less contact. And uh, certainly, again, I don't want to touch on taboo subjects. You know, COVID is roaring back into our world here in Cyprus. Oh, really? Um, I think Yeah, Margaret has got several colleagues who are, you know, uh, hors de combat um, with COVID. Um, And of course, you know, it's spreading from class to class because kids, you know, do that. Mm. Um, And of course, the weather is getting colder and not quite to your level. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah, Hmm. watch this space, ladies and gentlemen. But yeah, don't forget that your perspective will always benefit from the reflections help and advice of friends and it's important to reach out and talk to people
0: yeah uh, we've we've touched on that before and uh, that really is important you know having having trusted friends that you could be open and honest with too you know not not everybody you talk to you could be open and honest some of it there's blowback but find find a core group of people if you can arrange a standing group where you can be open and honest and, you know, have a, have a structure to it. Um, it's something that I think is, is highly underrated in this day and age of, uh, of remote work and, um, you know, just getting older. Well, some of us anyway, uh, not been able to, to have people that you can talk to. So good advice Stu. all right. You got any takeaways from the discussion today, Stu?
1: Uh, I haven't. I've borrowed one from from someone else, someone who I admire greatly. Uh, a fellow called Mark Twain. He said, I've had a lot of worries in my life, most of which never
0: happened. Oh, ooh, very profound. Hmm. I wanted to go a little deeper because I admit that reframing your perspective is hard. And we've, we've talked uh, fairly lightly about some ideas. I want to get a little more serious, though. If you are feeling down and you can't get out of a slump, please consider engaging a professional. Stu and I, you know, we're of a certain age. We grew up in an age where getting help was sort of frowned upon. It isn't now. It never should be. Reach out to professionals. Get help. Forget stigmas. Forget labels. Getting help where you need it is really, really important. Uh, last year or this year, I guess, earlier this year with everything I was going through with my wife's cancer, uh, I reached out to my doctor and got some help, uh, some telephone calls with a counselor and that's, you know, something that was frowned upon 30 years ago, it's fine. It helped me deal with things, that, and some great friends. Please consider engaging a professional if you are really having a hard time with your perspective, changing perspective.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, bear in mind that uh, professionals can be found in all sorts of places. Um, you can find them online. There are lots of charities that will, will help with this. Um, but yeah, speak to someone. It's really important. It's, a, it's an easy step. It doesn't seem like one, but once you actually pick up the phone and dial the number, you'll find it easier and easier. And you should do it.
0: It's, uh, if you had a bad leg, you would get a doctor to look at it. I think the hardest part is that first that first phone call, that first question of, I need help. That's really tough to do. but For sure. I don't want to belabor that. If, you, if you're in that position, you're going to know it in your heart. Um, get help. It's cool. All right, Stu, where can people find you on the internet?
1: Uh, well, for the moment, you can still find me at twitter.com, Stu Lennon. Uh, you can find my stationery at nerosnotes.co.uk, and you can find my writing at
0: stuartlennon.com. What about you, Justin? Where can people find you? Well, right now, the best place to find me is justintwyford.com. Everything else is in the process. of have been wound up. Did you know Squarespace is difficult to pull your content out of stew oh, we won't talk we'll talk about that another day yeah. i say put that on the topic list young man oh anyway uh you can find well are,
1: we, are you still on twitter or are you boycotting it no i'm i'm still there i mean for me twitter hasn't really changed much hmm. but i guess it depends how
0: tightly you curate your feed I don't know, even if I, I think Twitter now has become people complaining about Twitter more than, ever, than actual any Twitter changes. But you can find me on there, JJ Twyford. You can find Stu at Stu Lennon on there. Uh, you can find both of us at stationaryjason.com And please send us emails or, you know, buy something from Nero's Notes. Put a comment in there. Statureadjacent at gmail.com if you could take a moment to like and review us on your podcast catch your choice we really do appreciate your recommendations to your friends and colleagues to help us grow the show our next topic is going to be on gratitude journaling until then goodbye and stay productive yes us. and congratulations we made it through the show without any technical boo-boos